Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in to the MongoDB podcast. As always, it's great to have you. I'm Shane McAllister, and in this episode, Mike Lynn is joined by two guests to talk serverless and full-stack application development in the cloud and the advantages of serverless for your developers using Google Cloud Run and MongoDB Atlas. So let's listen to their conversation. All right. Well, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have this conversation. And um, I'm just going to acknowledge that we've had some challenges technically this morning. And <laughs> I want to thank you for your patience. Today, we have two guests. I'm really excited to, to chat with Abi from Google and with Mira from MongoDB. I'm going to give you folks a, a quick moment to introduce yourselves. Abi, tell folks who you are and what you do. Hi, Mike. Hi, everyone. My name is Abhi, short for Abhirami Sukumaran. I'm a developer advocate with Google, predominantly focusing on Google Cloud databases. Welcome to the show. And Mira, who are you and what do you do? Hi, Mike. First of all, thank you for inviting us on this amazing podcast. Uh, my name is Mira, short for Stani Mira, and I'm a developer advocate here at MongoDB. And I'm focusing right now on our partnership with the Google Cloud Developer Advocates team. Well, great. I'm excited to dive into that partnership and learn more about the projects we're working on together and the technologies. And I think from a listener perspective, folks are going to be curious about the topic of today's show. We're going to lean into the topic of serverless and full stack application development in the cloud. So before we begin, Mira, as a developer advocate, I'm going to, I'm going to lean on you to explain to the listeners <laughs> what is serverless and why do people want to use serverless for their application development and deployment? Sure. So first of all, we are living in the era of the cloud computing. Everyone is using the cloud, storing their photos there, deploying their applications to the cloud. And serverless heavily depends on the cloud infrastructure as well. What serverless platforms offer us is auto-scaling, so you don't have to uh, scale and provision more servers manually. It also offers us developer experience uh, because you don't have to manage infrastructure, you don't have to update SSL certificates every year, you don't have to apply security patches, the platform does that for you. And finally, serverless offers us a better billing model, so you're only paying for the resources that you're actually using, and this, well, differs from the, it depends on the platform that you're using. In serverless databases, you're paying for the operations that you execute. And when you're deploying your application, you're only paying for the time and the resources it uses to handle incoming requests. So that's why you want to use serverless. These are the three main reasons. It's a great explanation. And uh, Abi, working at Google, you're focusing on serverless and cloud, but uh, what else do you do? Um, I focus on Google Cloud databases mainly, and also as an extension, because databases form the core of any application. I try my hands on all the application development, mean stack, mern stack, and all that uh, with respect to all centered around databases. And that enables me the opportunity to work with serverless as well, because I we have to build and deploy applications. Um, so that is why my work extends from databases, AIML, application development, and uh, serverless technologies for deployment. Now, Google's primary cloud-based uh, serverless deployment system is called Cloud Run. Is that correct? Correct. And I'm, I'm curious about developing a full-stack application 
and deploying that in a serverless space. I've never done it full stack. I mean, I've used, obviously used MongoDB Atlas has a serverless offering. I've, I've leveraged that, but I've deployed applications that, that are not serverless in nature. Well, I'll throw it open. I'm not sure who's going to answer this the best, but talk to me about how a full stack application is developed in a serverless context, leveraging Google Cloud Run and MongoDB Atlas. So traditionally, our, um, like Mira mentioned to, the, to one of the previous questions about uh, how the developers have to configure the servers and worry about SSL and do all this yearly maintenance, uh, monthly maintenance, all, all those things that they have to do and how serverless replaces all that and have the developers not worry about the management and provisioning and configuring of resources stuff. So deployment with, with full stack end-to-end development of um, applications that are deployed on serverless, the developers will only have to focus on the writing code and they only have to worry about just building and deploying it. So the serverless technologies take it from there. So for a full, from a full stack applications perspective, if they're using a serverless solution, all they have, particularly with Cloud Run, which is specific to a topic today, all they have to do is specify the language uh, that they are programming in. Uh, establish the dependencies or declare the dependencies and then provide a start script uh, in the Docker file. And then with one command, they can package it up in their application as a, in a container. And then that container with one just one command can be rolled out or deployed in Cloud Run. So basically, it just brings down the life cycle or the time they spend um, in the entire operations to just a few commands and clicks. So you've got to know a little bit of Docker. You've got to be able to prepare a Docker file and... What other requirements do folks need to have uh, in place to begin using Google Cloud Run and MongoDB Atlas together? Um, just I'll just touch touch base on one of the points that I mentioned before, and then Mira can follow up with MongoDB uh, perspective. So the Docker file to your uh, to answer your question is a requirement. Yeah, of course, they, it'll be nice to have that knowledge and also the expertise. And um, it's not very complicated uh, if it's quickly. Uh, you can, you can configure and start working on a Docker file really easily, but depends on the programming language of your language of your choice and the framework that you choose to write your application in. Um, there are alternatives like Java applications or Spring Boot applications don't even need a Docker file. They can replace that with one command using Jib um, as an open source utility. Uh, which is also originally uh, Google's creation. Uh, it's open source now. So they can just use it in one line command and then create the containers and then get the containers deployed with Cloud Run. So yeah, it, it varies from technology to technology, but yes, Dockerfile is a, a good knowledge prerequisite. Okay, so I want to back up just a second and I hope I'm not slowing you down, but I'm not familiar with Jib. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what that is and how it works? Definitely. If you're a Java developer or a Spring Boot framework application developer, and if you want to containerize your applications without having having to worry about the structure and the syntax involved in creating a Docker file, uh, Jib is the best op- open source utility available for you with just one command. You create, it is basically to create containers from your application. Okay. And these containers can then be registered in the container registry and then deployed in Cloud Run. It's very simple, straightforward. Like there are two commands. Gotcha. Thank you for that. And then the container registry, thats is there a requirement around that? Does it have to be something in the Docker line or can it be something in Kubernetes? No, the container registry is on Google Cloud. So it's its uh, its just basically once, you, once your container is created, you just have to, uh, this is again in a command anyway. Anyway, you'll have to do the same thing with CloudRun as well. Once your Docker file generates your container, it you'll have to register or it gets automatically registered. You can have a pipeline for that. So that is pretty straightforward. There's no need to know any language or something for that. It's just drag and drop stuff. 
And if you're listening to this and you're curious and you want to start messing with it yourself, we're going to have links in the show notes. So make sure you check those. We'll be pointing you to some documentation. Now, one of the challenges that I experienced was the ever-changing landscape of environment variables, especially when you're working between Docker and a serverless environment. How do you manage the changing, let's say you've got multiple environments, for example, you've got a test environment, a development environment, a test environment, and a production environment. The values for your your database URI, that's going to change from environment to environment. Miro, maybe help me understand how you manage that. Yeah, before answering your question, I wanted to expand a little bit on the container topic. So the great thing about containers and the way that Cloud Run uses them is the fact that they're all based on the Knative API. So Knative is the open source version of, I think, Kubernetes, which means that you don't really have a vendor lock-in, which is a big concern for anyone using Google Cloud or any of the other major clouds. So you can basically port your application deployment, your service, to your an open source alternative and host it on your own platform. So there is no vendor locking there. And this is something that um, using containers provides. And your question was about environment variables. Well, with Google Cloud, you can store them in a service. I think it's called secrets or environments variables. So you can just set them there and access them from uh, your cloud run services. Okay. And as you're you're going from the the application's backend, the actual source code of the application that's going to run, moving into the database space, how does MongoDB Atlas tie into this? Yeah, that's a great question. So why do we even talk about the database, how do we plug in Atlas in this whole conversation? Well, if you think about it, you can send a billion of requests to your web app and CloudRun is going to scale out. It By default, it can create up to a thousand containers for your service. So your application will have no trouble handling incoming requests. But this application actually goes down to the database level. And if you're using a traditional database, this database is not built to scale automatically. It's not a managed platform. So eventually your database is going to die and (laughs) your application will stop being responsive. So uh, you lose that kind of benefit from using a serverless platform. To solve that problem, MongoDB Atlas introduced serverless instances. And serverless instances have all the benefits of CloudRun in a manner that they scale automatically. You don't have to go there and provision more servers manually to scale your uh, your deployment. You're also built per operations that you execute. And finally, you don't have to manage anything. You have the built-in security and infrastructure that dedicated clusters for MongoDB Atlas have. So this is how we say and how we recommend you building serverless applications. Uh, You don't have to stop at the application layer, right? You have to take care of your database as well so that your application becomes available when unexpected demand comes in. And that's where Autoscale comes in. Yeah, exactly. Great. Now, what application development languages are available for this type of deployment scenario? Well, for connecting MongoDB to your application, we support a dozen, a dozen of uh, drivers. 
Uh, we have drivers for Node, Java, PHP, and all the other familiar languages. So if you need to connect from another serverless platform, such as Cloud Functions, uh, you can use the Data API, which is basically a REST endpoint that you can use to connect to your MongoDB instance. Just to add on to that, so Mira answered that from a MongoDB perspective. From a Cloudrun-supported languages uh, perspective, there is that's where the power of Cloudrun also comes in, that it supports a variety of um, application programming languages like Go, Python, Java, uh, Node.js, .NET Framework, and then many more, like uh, even if you come up with frameworks like Spring Boot and all that, so there is support for that. And I'm, I'm not listing all of them. I'm just calling out the key ones, but mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted to mention that's a great differentiation. So so support on the, the application side sounds like it's very rich, as well as support for the MongoDB side. So regardless of what language you're using, it sounds like all of the, the major and popular languages are covered on both sides of the fences. All right. So I'm learning so much and, and I appreciate your patience with me. Um, I, I want to ask about like when should a developer really strongly consider serverless and maybe even like maybe are there contraindications about developing in the serverless deployment model? Abi, you want to take that? Of course. Yeah. When there is a demand for scaling automatically, things that we have already discussed, like scaling, when there's a need for auto scaling and when there is a significant need for reducing server cost where you don't want to pay for your resources being idle, eliminating maintenance and um, operations effort, particularly when it comes to servers, uh, freeing up developer resources to work on projects that will really drive business value and not spend on you know, setting up and configuring and monitoring and all these things. So these are some of the cases where serverless might be, I mean, serverless is typically preferred. Um, and also it might be the choice of your business as well. Um, so that is like from a business perspective, that will be a good way to look at it. But there are still, having said that, uh, some areas where you don't want to go to serverless functions, particularly when there is a, uh, latency related issues. For instance, it is possible that some serverless functions may be, uh, may be causing you to delay uh, some of the the operations like Mira said before, if they are not strategically using in the same location both the database and the serverless, or if there is any such disconnect, there's a possibility of latency. And also, if there is a vendor lock-in, for instance, you're using an application where part of it is not ready to move to cloud and you are dealing with uh, environments and there is not enough expertise in that, then again, you might not want to go to serverless. And other things, operation operationally, what I would think is uh, talent hire. Like if you don't have the skill set, then again, that will be a good idea to pause and um, you know take a class or take a, take a few sessions about how to use your resources to uh, move to serverless or move to cloud for that matter overall um, and then there are applications uh, where the security concerns are significantly I mean not to men- not to say that um, going cloud or going serverless has any security risk it's not the case but then um, there are scenarios where the business asks specifically is to have on-prem systems or to have you know physical servers so these are some of the things that I, c- I can think of off the top of my head. Any concerns around compliance? Uh, you know, I know that MongoDB has worked very hard to maintain all of the the major and popular compliance frameworks. Are, are there any concerns in that space for Google? There's no, I mean, no, there is no concern as such. Uh, compliance was everything, everything is on par. I'm just thinking just to go, just going back to the previous question also, um, I, I'm not quoting any particular uh, region or any particular technology here, generally, or any particular country or geography, but it's possible that defense and other areas 
probably might require not going cloud because I've heard that a lot from people who are working there that uh, the technology people who are in defense that they don't typically prefer serverless applications or going cloud 100%. Although they're slowly moving some of the things, but the core features are probably not on serverless uh, mode. So mm-hmm. this is something that I only heard of. Okay, so folks listening, they're they're excited, they're ready to to dive in. Abi, where does someone start to learn about Google Cloud Run if they haven't used it before? So where does someone start, right? Yeah. Um, using Google Cloud Run is not, I mean, does not require you to have a specific training or anything as such. So you just go to Google Cloud Console. If you already do not have a project, then I would uh, encourage you to follow the tutorials or it is also there in our uh, blog that will be linked to in this podcast. So you'll have a link to identify like how to create your own project in Google Cloud Console. So once you create the project, just type Cloud Run in the search uh, service search bar. And then once you um, get the service, quickly create your... And also, you can also open a command shell uh, side by side. You can do it either using an interface or also using commands, uh, command shell commands. Um, so in just three to four steps, you'll be up and running with your application. So this is given the given that your application development is already done, meaning you have your application already developed or you're, you're still developing. You can commit your code between your development environment and to the... I mean, from your laptop to the actual uh, code commit and all that. So once that is done, um, using CloudRun, you, all you have to do is uh, basically containerize your application using Docker, like I said, and it's having the Docker is very straightforward. You have to specify your language, identify the dependencies, mention your dependencies, and provide a start script in the Docker file. And then there is one command to package it up in a container and one command to deploy that. So that's about it. So you're all set to uh, deploy your application. You can see actually where the application is deployed and you'll get, right after this, you'll get a URL that you can click and use it in your application. So this would work for a pre-existing application as well as a brand new app. And what you're saying is that you're going to want folks to containerize that application and introduce that to the cloud run environment, right? Uh, no, you don't have to. So the steps that I mentioned right now has a step for containerization as well. But if you have it containerized already, then you can eliminate a couple of steps that I mentioned in the list right now. So all you have to do is just take that container and deploy it with one command. If you already have containerized your application through some other means, it's just a matter of one command now. If not, then you can follow the four steps that I listed. Okay. Great. And then that's on the application side. Uh, Where does someone go to begin to learn about MongoDB Atlas and the serverless database instances, Mira? The MongoDB documentation, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're going to share that in the links. There's a nice, beautiful landing page that explains what serverless instances are and how you can use them and what are they most suitable for. And if you're already a GCP user, you can subscribe to MongoDB Atlas right from the Google Cloud Marketplace as well. So you don't have to get out of there and your billing is going to be set up to work together with your Google Cloud billing as well, which is quite convenient if you're using Google Cloud in your organization. Great. So once again, a reminder to check the links in the show notes. What else do we need to tell folks about developing full stack serverless applications with MongoDB Atlas and Google Cloud Run? Anything further you want to make sure we we mention, Mira? Well, I was very inspired by the story of how Cloud Run came to life. Abby can confirm if this is correct at all. It's public information, but there was this private project in Google that actually Google uses to run search, maps, and all of these services and products that we are quite well aware of. And this was the project named Borg. And Quadrant is actually based on that project. And 
you can see that Google has been using this serverless mindset from maybe 2005, 2006, even before people started talking about serverless and scale and the cloud. So it is a technology with a quite long story and you can be sure it's, it works pretty well if it's hosting like projects like Google Search. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a time frame when even before MongoDB existed as a database, Yeah, let alone in the serverless context. So I would hope that they've had plenty of time to iron out the kinks. That's exciting. Abi, anything else you want to share with the folks before we begin to wrap up? Uh, no, that's all I had. But I just wanted to, um, because Mira mentioned uh, the story, I mean, I, I'm really intrigued to add this point that, yeah, most of the services and particularly Cloudrun, they're all battle tested in Google for all of those existing and popular services that are available for um, all of humanity, I believe. So that is, um, that's phenomenal. And that's what I like about Cloudrun too. It's easy on top of everything, like in four steps. Can I, I never imagined a time uh, I mean, I, I use, I, I, like I said, I've been doing software development for 16 years and uh, serverless, especially after using CloudRun, I feel phenomenal, particularly with this experiment too, with MeanStack, where Mira and I collaborated. It was a f- great experience for us to, to focus mostly on the development and the use case rather than spending all the effort trying to get it deployed and all that. So that, that was a great collaboration. And speaking of that collaboration, once again, make sure you check the show notes. We're going to have a link to the blog article that you wrote with a great example of a mean stack application developed in the serverless context. You can use that as a starting point if you're just getting into developing serverless applications. Uh, there's no better way to learn than to, to download a, a fully working example and really well well done on the, the blog article. So congratulations on that. I want to thank you both for spending time with me and enlightening me on the topic of serverless full stack applications with MongoDB Atlas and Google Cloud Run. Thanks, Abi. Thanks, Mira. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Mira. We hope you enjoyed the conversation between Mike, Mira, and Abby. There's certainly lots to take away there, so do remember to check out the show notes for any links that were mentioned during the conversation. As ever, if you get your podcasts off Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us. So from me, Shane McAllister, thank you for joining the MongoDB podcast, and we look forward to having you join us on future episodes.